We have a picture hanging in our living room by the UU artist and writer, Brian Andreas. And Brian, if you put that picture up. Oh, okay, never mind. You're going to imagine the picture. It's a wonderful picture. And it says, anyone can slay a dragon, but try waking up every morning and loving the world all over again. That's what takes a real hero. Truly, waking up every morning and loving the world all over again in the midst of heartache, suffering, oppression, or illness, is a heroic, courageous act. Hi, all of you online. We can see you there now. And facing the future with courage, even more so. We all deal with impossibly hard things in life, and these are crazy difficult times for so many people. So it can be tempting to just hide under the covers and never get out of bed again, right? In fact, getting out of bed when you're struggling can be a tremendous act of courage. And many of you know what I mean. We face so many challenges as humans. We lose our beloved ones. And the pain might feel insurmountable. We may encounter protracted illnesses where our bodies and spirits don't function the way that we'd hoped. And we have to find enormous reserves of courage to keep going from day to day. We may deal with losing a job or not finding a job or not being able to meet, make ends meet. Or even we may experience hunger. Our mental health may present a challenge leaving us riddled with insecurities or anxiety or depression or other struggles. We may live in bodies that don't match our spirits. Or we may find ourselves part of a marginalized population that deals with daily prejudice and discrimination. Or we undergo a break with family or friends that's painful to navigate. And even though we all take different paths through life, we're sure to have to confront one or more of these major challenges at some point. Anyone here dealt with any of these things? Some of you haven't had any. I'm really surprised. <laughs> Maybe you're not admitting to them. And then, of course, there's our future as a society and as a planet. Things are looking pretty bleak right now. All around the world, including in our own community, we face growing natural disasters from fires, to mudslides, from earthquakes to floods and hurricanes. And just this week, of course, Hurricane Ian wrecked havoc on Florida and South Carolina. And climate change is clearly escalating and making life increasingly harder to sustain everywhere. Natural disasters leave millions of people displaced and homeless or without utilities and hungry. And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's likely to get more intense every year. And then, of course, there are pandemics, and we've all experienced firsthand what kind of courage that involves. 
And meanwhile, we're surrounded by wars and brutal autocratic regimes, mass shootings, and violence that threatens to escalate to nuclear war and frightening divisions internationally and with our own country. So it can be really challenging to feel optimistic about the future, right? Let alone assure next generations that they're going to have a planet to inhabit and inherit. Not that you needed to be reminded of how challenging these times are. Faces us every day on the news, in our papers, all over. But I just want to say I get it. Times are tough for us all right now. So to make it through, we need to develop resilience and cultivate courage. And in fact, that's what we do here as part of our mission at Chalice. We nurture spiritually courageous people. You see it right there. And that's what's required of us right now, I believe, to grow our spiritual courage to navigate this uncertain future. But what really is spiritual courage, you may ask? I know I wonder sometimes, how do we find and implement spiritual courage during these tumultuous times? Renee Brown tells us, courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, the Latin word for heart. And in one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling one's heart. Brave to speak your heart. And over time, Brown says this definition has changed, and today we typically associate courage with heroic and brave deeds. But Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center has done a lot of research on courage. And they define courage as having three primary components. It involves a risk. It involves having an intention and a goal that may benefit others or yourself. And the writer and beatnik Ambrose Redmoon says, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. Something else is more important than fear. There's courage that is perceived as brave or bold by others. We think of firemen and rescue workers who throw themselves in harm's way to help others. They must overcome their personal fear to summon their bravery on behalf of others. And then there's personal courage, which is courageous in your own mind. You know what bounds you are stretching across. If you're LGBTQIA, for example, you know how much courage it takes to live true to who you are. It takes tremendous courage to come out as who you are when your fear may stop you because of rejection or reprisal. And then there's spiritual courage, which is showing courage for the greater good of humanity. And that courage, I think, comes from our sense of faith in life, our sense of hope and trust. And it involves being committed to and living out our values, 
Spiritual courage has us standing up for what is good and what is just. And I see us showing spiritual courage here at Chalice regularly as we endeavor to build the beloved community, as we tackle climate change, as we confront racial justice and racial injustice rather, and we tackle reproductive and voting rights and aim to live out our values on a daily basis. When we speak up for and ally with those who are marginalized and oppressed, we're showing spiritual courage. Now, none of this work is easy, but again, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. So I invite you to think about what is more important in your life than fear. Amy Ava, who wrote an article on courage for the Greater Good Science Center, offers six ways to find courage during challenging times. First, she says, we need to see ourselves as courageous. Remember all the brave things that we've done and tell ourselves we are courageous. I see so many of you here who are courageous. Because when we tell ourselves we're courageous, that makes us more likely to do other courageous things. We, my friends, are spiritually courageous people who transform the world. I see it here among us every week. So let's remind ourselves of it and one another. Secondly, get comfortable with making mistakes. Yes, <laughs> I hear you laugh. Letting go of our fear of failure helps us to be more courageous. Letting go of perfectionism. Anyone here somewhat perfectionist? Yep. Allowing mistakes shows us that we can survive even when we don't have it all together or we fear an outcome. Thirdly, Ava invites us to keep trying. Courage requires perseverance and persistence despite any obstacles facing us. What's that old saying that when at first you don't succeed? Thank you. Trying again after failure, now that is courage. Getting up again when we fall. Fourth, look for the heroes. Apparently, even seeing images of heroes can give us courage and greater meaning and increase our drive to help others. And reading biographies and watching documentaries about heroes can really inspire us to act more courageously ourselves. So I invite you to take some time if you're here in person and look at our courage installation over there. Those images and quotes might inspire you. I know they did me when I was printing them all up yesterday. Or attend our community forums, which regularly feature heroes of all kinds. And fifth, Ava recommends clarifying your values. And I've been talking about that a lot lately. Ask yourself, what do I value in myself? What do I stand for? What's important to me? Values-driven behavior is often more courageous because there's a strong why that drives us. And that's what we've been working on here at Chalice for the past few months, clarifying our values and subsequent commitments. And the sixth component of courage, she says, <laughs> you're going to laugh, because it's to become part of a social force for courage. 
Being in community can give us the daring to act on our values and gain courage to speak up. So there's another good reason for being part of our Chalice community. We are a social force growing our spiritual courage together. And I know for one that I am so much more courageous because of every single one of you and the amazing hurdles I see you overcoming in life and still going on. Courage is not the absence of fear or insecurity. Instead, as the saying goes, courage allows us to feel the fear and do it anyway. The great writer Eve Ensler, who wrote the Vagina Monologues, which you performed here in 2009, right, Pamela? Reminds us that real security cannot be bought or arranged, or accomplished with bombs. It is deeper. It is a process. It is the acute awareness that we are all utterly interdependent, and that one action by one being in one town has consequences everywhere. Real security is the ability to tolerate mystery, complexity, ambiguity, Indeed, hungering for these things. And I would add that real security requires us to be courageous some way every day as we go through these liminal, ambiguous times of ours. And remember, as Sam shared in our story earlier, we can do hard things. And that's what gave me so much courage last week when my dog died. I said to myself again and again, I can do hard things. Last week, I was also inspired by someone who courageously turned the norms of typical security upside down. You might have read about our local Ventura owner of Patagonia, Yvonne Chouinard, who has chosen to give his billions away, all of them, to save our planet. As of now, Earth is our only shareholder, the company announced. All profits in perpetuity will go to our mission to save our home planet. Instead of going public, you could say, we're going purpose. Instead of extracting value from nature and transforming it into wealth for investors, we'll use the wealth Patagonia creates to protect the source of all wealth by making the earth our only shareholder, he wrote. And I'm gonna go straight to Patagonia and buy something directly from them. Now that's a bold, spiritually courageous move, isn't it? He's stepping out of the typical capitalist model of amassing wealth for oneself and one's family alone. And instead he's leading by example to invest in the future of the planet from which everyone, all of us stand to gain which reminds me of effective altruism. When I flew to England this summer, I sat next to an inspirational young man from India, a Cambridge graduate who had just spent a few days in the Bay Area at a conference on effective altruism. Now, I'd never heard that term before, but I was intrigued about what had brought him all this way for just such a short time. And 
this brilliant 23-year-old had recently graduated from Cambridge University studying mathematics and artificial intelligence. But he said he didn't want to go into a typical career with short-term self-interested goals. He sees his future and his genius in mathematics making a bigger difference with his life and ensuring that artificial intelligence gets developed in a positive way and isn't just used to destroy us. Now, I'd never thought about that. I don't know about any of you, but it's important. He told me that this effective altruism conference gathered philanthropists and leaders from all over the world, looking to see how they could make their money and talents go further to truly make a difference. Effective altruism is all about how to do the most good, combining both empathy with evidence. Now, there's an old proverb that says, a society grows great when old people plant trees under whose shade they will never sit. But that's what many of you, both young and older, are doing here at Chalice by ensuring that we have a space to worship and meet and that our values can inspire far and wide. That's what we do when we raise our children to be courageous stewards of the future. Now, we have a lot to learn from the wisdom of indigenous peoples. The Iroquois nation's constitution, for example, requires them to consider how seven generations hence will be impacted by their current decision-making. So the time for effective altruism and doing the most good we can is now. Our society is going through so much rapid change currently that we haven't settled yet into a stable new state. So we have an opportunity now to influence the direction of our future. Think collectively and courageously about the greatest good for the future of all rather than just our individual well-being and survival. Having courage for the future also involves taking a more long-term perspective and being willing to do hard things. Now, we're not called to make everything better. We couldn't possibly do that. But we are called to do what's ours to do now. And the important thing is to discern what spiritual courage will lead us to know what's ours to do with our lives. Now, if you have money, then you may wish to find the most effective places to donate to make a difference. And of course, I'd be remiss to say, if I didn't say, that Chalice is one such effective place to donate because... No, I'm serious. We work for the good of the planet. We work for equality for all. We work to spread goodness and love. And we're driven by and modeling core values that are vital for the world to adopt for its survival. So thank you to those of you who can be generous to Chalice. And in fact, please do come to our auction next Saturday and show your support generously for the amazing work we do. Because it's so important and I wake up each day with a new understanding of 
how extraordinary this community is in what we do. And of course, there are many other organizations that make a big difference, which you can compare on a website called Give Well and see where are the best places to give. So you can show your courage, your spiritual courage through generosity. But if activism is your calling, and I see many of you here for whom that is your calling, show your courage through action. Organize our community forums, join our justice groups, advocate, speak up and speak out, and march for change. Show up at our Rotary Fair in a couple of weeks and spread the message of what we do. You change the world with your courageous actions, our amazing activists. And if you're an artist or creative, then lift up the world's problems with your creativity. Look at that. Helping people feel why and how they can summon spiritual courage. You do it with music every week, Anthony. Thank you. You have the gift of inspiring people to experience life through new lenses. And if you're a healer or a helper, and I see so many of you here, Keep offering your medicine of compassion and care. You demonstrate your courage through being with people through the very hardest times in their life, and that's so courageous. My friends, discern what's yours to do according to your gifts and abilities. That will grow your courage for the future. That will give you a purpose while making a measurable difference now. And of course, don't forget to ground ourselves for the work of courage. We also need to engage spiritual practices that help us develop resilience, like we did in our meditation earlier. And if you're not doing something on a regular basis that helps you ground and center, so that you can be more balanced, calm, and a wiser member of society, I recommend you find something that works for you. Practice meditation, prayer, movement, breathing or silence. Read or reflect on spiritual writings. Connect with nature or your creativity. All are possibilities that help you strengthen your wise inner voice and your connection to spirit or a higher power if that's something that resonates for you. Neuroplasticity teaches us that the habits we deepen, the practices we focus on, will change our brain's wiring, and I can attest to that. And if we immerse ourselves in the sensations, noticing what courage feels like in our bodies, we're going to be able to summon it more easily when we need it. So practicing calming and grounding exercises regularly will help us be bringers of spiritual and moral courage. It will help us spread peace even as we navigate these ongoing times of change. Remember, my friends, the good gun calm as the Empty Hands music video assured us earlier. We must have faith. And remember, we can do hard things. We can generate courage for the future by making the biggest difference we can. 
and doing what is ours to do. We can generate courage for the future by telling ourselves we are courageous and embodying it and getting comfortable with mistakes and looking for the heroes all around. We can generate courage for the future by clarifying our values, never giving up, and continuing to be part of this social force for courage. Together, we can make this planet and this life a little kinder, more equitable, and sweeter for all. Together, we can grow our courage and make wise choices that assure us all a future. Together, my friends, say it with me. We can do hard things. Let's say it again. We can do hard things. I close with the words by social activist Shane Claiborne. All around you, people will be tiptoeing through life just to arrive at death safely. But dear children, do not tiptoe. Run, hop, skip, or dance. <laughs> May it be so. The world needs us too.